The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. It is episode 6 of the series, but finally I suppose we've got some action to discuss. And who better to discuss it with than the man himself, Rocky. How are you, champ? Did you enjoy week 1? Sasquatch, it's good to be back in the uh, Huddles and Stout studio, talking rock solid facts and figures on week one of the nfl what a week uh as tradition dictates we will overreact to everything that's just happened absolutely without repercussion absolutely and without anybody to uh to reprimand us let the overreactions overflow commence (laughs) commence um yeah so look i suppose kind of as a a discussion on a kind of as a a brief run through of what we're going to cover we're going to re- revert to what would have been type last year. So we'll kick it off with just a quick recap of results. Nothing more, nothing less. We'll kick into the main segment, which is, at this for this episode anyway, it is fourth and goal, which is basically four talking points each, four minutes shot clock. And we'll work our way through. And then we'll just do a quick preview of the week two fixtures. But without much further ado, I'll tease the... Uh, the listening public with little Sasquatch. The that. return. And that is source for optimism. So since 2001, seven teams have lost in week one and gone on to win the Super Bowl. I won't bore you with the teams, but I will tell you that no team has lost 40 zip and come back to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Take that, Giants fans. Illusional. <laughs> in terms of the week one results, obviously we kicked off with a shock. The Lions overcame the Chiefs 21 points to 20. Good game. Then in the early slate, we had the Falcons victorious 24 points to 10 over the Panthers. The Ravens, fair to say, lumbered to a victory over the Texans 25 to 9. The Bengals were blown out in the Ohio Derby by the Browns 24 points to 3. The Jags and the Colts played out a very intriguing game 31 21. Probably a shock, maybe less so as the season goes on, but the Bucks were victorious over the Vikings, 20 points to 17. In a snooze fest, the Saints overcame the Titans, 16 points to 15. The 49ers put the league on notice uh, pretty easily, putting the Steelers to the sword at 30 points to 7. And then Commies and the Commander and the Cardinals Went toe-to-toe for the worst franchise in the league. And the Commanders came out victorious, 20 points to 16. Uh, Very much business as normal uh, in the NFC North as the Packers overcame the Bears, 38 points to 20. Raiders-Broncos, 17-16 in favour of the Raiders. Our beloved Eagles overcame the Patriots, 25 to 20. We'll get to that later as far as I can recall. Uh, Probably the game of the round, the Dolphins overcame the Chargers, 36 points to 34. Rams victorious in a kind of a shock upset of the Seahawks, 30 points to 13. Then Sunday night football, the Cowboys put the Giants to the absolute sword, 40 points to zip. And then finally, in a very eventful Monday night football, the Jets were victorious, 22 points to 16. So, and I know you're probably sick of my voice, but it is me to deputize, but we'll get on into fourth and goal. So, um, one of the key talking points from the weekend, Burrow looked awful. Uh, Not without reason. Yet again, he hasn't had a full off-season. But what did Sunday's result 
tell us about the Browns? Well, yeah, I think it tells us more about the Browns than it does about the Bengals. I mean, like last year we saw Joe Burrow fall to the Steelers in week one. And obviously they still went on to have a pretty nice season. Um, last season they also started for the first four or five weeks with their O-line sort of performing pretty pathetically and then got it together as the season went on. Um, like me and you, I think we're pretty, you know, complimentary of the Browns coming into the season. We thought they'd do well. I don't think Deshaun Watson, the bad man, played you know outstanding or even great football he was good and he did what he needed to do it was the Browns defense um that really mm. really put the uh the hurt on the Bengals they really just choked Joe Burrow out um and I think I it's it's tough to argue you might there might be a, a question as to who is you know the third and fourth ranked in the in the division you know i and given the the competition the ravens were up against this week i i would argue that the browns looked like the the best or they had the best week one outing of the afc north teams definitely and and i know he didn't like stats and figures won't say that he had a phenomenal game and there was patches where he was the sean watson of last year but there was definitely patches or glimpses should i say as opposed to patches where deshaun watson looked like what we knew deshaun watson to be prior to taking that year out in houston so i mean he's had a full preseason ahead of him plus the few games he played last year i think if he can start to get to get it together i think that side gets more and more dangerous like we talk about in the nfc the the Eagles and the, the 49ers having the most complete roster, say. I, I think if Deshaun gets it together, the Browns very well may have the most complete roster in the AFC. I think maybe Sands that star wide receiver, but I think they have a lot of pieces that complement each other and they, they have a kind of a smash mouth style football of a bygone era. What was that. the uh, the final score again? Sorry, do you have it there? I think it was. I get it back up, but I do believe it. It was, was three points to the Brown uh, to the Bengals, I think, and twenty yeah. odds. So obviously, you know, it's kind of in blowout territory, but only because the the Bengals twenty four three twenty four three. Yeah, so a blowout, but only because the Bengals couldn't put up any points. You know, t- typically the blowouts you'd be you'd have to score thirty plus points. So um, the the, ben, the Bengals do have a good defense, and the bad man did have to go up against a good defense. It's just that they did manage to put up uh, the twenty four points, and the Bengals couldn't do the same against uh, similarly good defense. So Deshaun Watson, yep, yeah, didn't play. You know, maybe as as stellar football as he had a couple of years ago, but. You know, he, he, he was, in fairness, playing against a good defense. So, you know, if, if anybody was expecting him to return to 2020 form, that may still yet happen. That's time. And that's time. That wraps it up nicely. Um, We'll talk about another team in that. AFC North and we probably will talk about this team a good bit because as we said in our previews that they were awarded marketing rights in Ireland which is where we are from Um, the Steelers blown out by the 49ers what is the problem could be Kenny Pickett though we did complete complete 67% of his passes for 230 yards a touchdown and two ints is it Matt Canada is it Mike Tomlin? I, I, I will not accept any ill speak of Mike Tomlin. Uh, you know my thoughts on Mike. Um, well, I would say the it's, Steelers, poten- please. it's potentially the problem was they played the 49ers who probably had a bit of pent up angst at how that NFC Championship game had finished. 
um, with all the injuries they occurred. Brock Purdy obviously went out there to prove a point that it wasn't a flash in the pan for him. And their their stars they're like the these stats. I'll see if I can dig them by Christian McCaffrey. Like they're gaudy. They are gaudy week one stats. You look up those stats. Will I, I just make a, a case here? I will tell you right now. He's what those got the stats, stats ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> those stats are 22 carries, 152 yards, and a tutty. And in terms of receptions. Go on. Tell us. Stop teasing us. Jeez. I gotta tease. It's all, it's all about it's all about the, you know, it's it's how a stripper works. It's all about the show and the reveal. Got it. Um, it's got the mind and the body of a stripper, ladies and gentlemen. You're not lucky enough to see it, but trust me. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to leave you there because I <laughs> okay. can't dig them up. Um, oh, we trust you, Gordy. Stats. But he he got he got your exceptions as well. Um, one point uh, I think that probably should be made before we sort of move on is that I'm not going to for one second suggest that Mike Tomlin is a bad coach but in 2021 Matt Canada was promoted from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator Um, since that promotion the Steelers have never had a 400 yard game as in between rush and passing yards um, and they have scored 20 plus points in just over a third of the games that he's coordinated for. That's probably reflective of the talent in the organization. Um, like you've got to commend the Steelers in, in one sense for never fully tanking. Like 2021 would have had an aging Ben Roethlisberger. Last season, 2022, was Kenny Pickett. And flashes of Mitch Trubisky. And this season is is Kenny Pickett's full first full season. I think it's like symptomatic of the talent on show. Like they don't have a fantastic run game. They ha- they have what appears to be a generation talented wide receiver. But outside of that, it was Chase Claypool doing TikTok dances. Look, there's there's obviously external factors here, but. But if you talk to any Steelers fan, anybody who looks at every play called in in Pittsburgh and jet sweeps and short passes, Matt Canada is not a popular figure. And and Coach Tomlin promoted him and has since defended his tenure there. It's a bad decision he's made and he's done nothing but double down on it. I, I think that Matt Canada is a problem there. And... Obviously, he's likely to survive the season. You know, Coach Tomlin is a—he's good enough that he'll probably will get them to at least nine and eight again. Um, and so we'll see what happens then. Um, but and just to to cap off, not only have they suffered a, an embarrassing loss here, but Deontay Johnson and Cam Hayward, two significant pieces on either side now injured. So that's only going to make things tougher for them going forward. Which is fair, but look, um, it's another negative kind of comment, I suppose, from week one. I think we might need to even out positive and negative comments. I think moving forward, otherwise, we yeah. Can. Look, I like the Steelers. Like I said, I'll I had high hopes for them. There's no denying that this was, a, a, and I I would like to balance out our, you know, our review of the teams, and you know, viewers or listeners will will note that we didn't really talk much about the 49ers. Just the big takeaway from this game was that uh, the Steelers, who a lot of people had high hopes for, including ourselves, looked awful. Yeah, fair. Very fair. Um, I suppose we predicted a fall-off for the Vikings, like many a pundit around the league, but we probably couldn't or didn't predict a loss to the Buccaneers at home. Is this an odd week one loss or a sign of things to come for the Vikings I don't think there's a tremendously high ceiling for the Buccaneers so that's why I posed the question Um, you'll have to bear with me as I look up a stat of my own but um, looking at his tenure in 
in Los Angeles with the Rams and now in Tampa. He's 2-1-0 in debuts with new teams. <laughs> Which is true. And he, I don't know, did he win in debut for the Browns? Uh, that's what I was. That's what I was going to look up there. Um, look, I think Tampa has the good defense. I think that's really the unit yeah. to, to keep an eye on. You know, it, they sort of have the talent around Baker to maybe make a push. I think the the strength of the Bucks took advantage of the weakness for the for the Vikings. I think the the Vikings O line is is taking a bit of a, of a beating on the interior. Uh, I think obviously the Eagles are are facing the Vikings next week. The Eagles again would probably capitalize on that weakness. I think. Christian Darrisaw for the Vikings is now injured too, so that's going to be a problem going forward. It might only be a game or two, but I, I don't. This doesn't really move the needle too much for me on on the books per se. Um, yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm happy with where we we're standing on the books. I'm, I'm more concerned that the the Vikings, as negative as we spoke about them mm. in the previews, may not have been negative enough. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, look, I I thought, and of course it might take half a season for it to come to fruition, but I thought Brian Flores would have greater impact on the defense. Um, you know, I know that the, they only surrendered, you know, they didn't surrender a mountain of points to the books. Um, but once they go up against more prolific of offenses... We'll have to see how they hold up. I think the general consensus was that the the defense, you know, even if that doesn't improve drastically, they they made the improvements on the offense, uh, adding Jordan Addison. Um, but I don't know. Kirk Cousins is just such a limiting factor, man. It's it's such a cap on that team. Uh, like he's he's not mobile. There's no short quick game to the vikings it's uh you know it's it's letting medium to deep plays progress and if, if you can't get it out in time which they couldn't do on sunday it's trouble for for the vikings fair um yeah uh, i think we've about 10 seconds left on that point but we might just Scurry on. We'll scurry on and we'll um, react to yet another blowout that happened on on Sunday. There's a team here. There is. When uh, you already paid homage to, it's reacting to the stunning blowout of the Giants. And what was even more stunning than the 49ers Steelers one is let's have a look at the stats for quarterback. Dak Prescott. Dak completed 54% of his passes. He passed for 140 yards. And that's it. No touchdown passes. No interceptions. That's it. 54%. Most of these points, 40 of them, came on the back of a pick six and a... um, I think it was a, a... field goal return for a touchdown and then of course Tony Pollard ran in for two score as did Cavante Turpin uh, look I don't know where you start uh, this again this doesn't really move the, the needle for me on the, the Cowboys I think it's um, I think I like I, I had them as probably the third best team in the NFC already um, and it doesn't move the needle as, as as much as you might think on the Giants. I thought they overachieved last year. I think this yeah. game, I don't want to say it confirms it, but it's re- it supports that opinion. Um, I think the O-line looked muck. I think when Daniel Jones had a clean pocket, he looked muck. You know, when he was throwing passes that weren't intercepted, they were dropped. Uh, it was It was an all-around poor effort. Um, you know Daniel Jones, his stats fifty three percent, 
104 yards and two interceptions. And he played late into the game, and that's all the yardage he could muster. Um, uh, you know, one of the big reasons we attribute to the overachievement of the Giants last year was Brian Dable, and he he couldn't get anything going. Um, yeah, look, there's an element too of the Giants aren't going to catch anyone by surprise this season too. No, because people will look to last year, and that's what they'll expect. And there's an element too of week one. Your opposition has five months minimum to scheme for you. Yes. Yeah. Look, um, week ones are always weird. Uh, so I'm not yeah. saying the Giants will will lose like that uh, again. We've probably seen their worst game of the season. Potent- yeah. Uh, I just I just definitely. think that it's a it's also a real like a true uh, indication of the talent gap between the Giants and the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, stylistically as well, the Cowboys are a nightmare for the Giants. Um, they beat them twice last year, if I'm not mistaken, as mm-hmm. well. Um, look, the, the Cowboys are one of those sides where they're, they're rarely beaten um by a superior team they typically beat themselves and that's probably the nicest thing i could ever say about the cowboys is a big fat i would cowboys i would hater. agree yeah they're a great team so great team but have a propensity to beat themselves and you would be maybe this is harsh but you would be <sighs> concerned about Dak's lack of production bear in mind they kind of dominate time possession too but mm. the timer has gone so let's talk about someone who we had lots of concerns about going into the season and look it's week one but it was a good good settler so incredible performance on the road from Tua True for 466 yards, three touchdowns. It was against, obviously, Justin Herbert, another big name in the league, who threw for 228 yards and one TD. But my concern here is around maybe Herbert. So given at year-end, the sample size is almost four seasons. I might have, it might be three seasons, actually. Three seasons. No, I think it's... Four, isn't it because he he got his or is it three? was i think it's three so it's 20 yes. yeah when we had the tyrod taylor in week in two so pretty much tr- yeah what do we see as the kind of career trajectory for herbert because he undeniably has all the talent he undeniably has enough weapons but it's fair to say when you look at kind of like playoff production of which there's one game, uh, and it's the most historic collapse of all time. Should we be concerned that maybe he just doesn't have the intangibles, the kind of the stuff that maybe Sir Thomas Brady excelled at? Yeah, uh, like it's a fair question because he's he's broken all the you know great stats, but he he's not got that. Um, Joe Burrow factor, the the mm. the Burrow. Josh Allen flashes or the you know the Patrick Mahomes deal, um again and it's er it's look it's still early in his career you know the next four years he could go to the Super Bowl but obviously we're operating on you know on th- we're we're looking at three years which have come to very disappointing ends given what's happened in those three years for him. It feels a bit harsh, but I, you know that tier tier two of quarterbacks that at some weeks um, Kirk Cousins is at the top of that tier. Never progresses into the next one, but generally finishes seasons with great stats and not much else. I I wonder if that's if Justin Herbert is doomed to, to fall into that type of territory. I think like you know, you ask anybody, 
everybody's going to take Justin Herbert over Kirk Cousins. It's I'm not I'm not even arguing that they're they're in the same territory in that sense, but is that how he's going to be remembered? Is he never is he ever going to get over that that hump? You know, you know, you see the likes of Jalen Hurts and he's his focus and all he's doing is is thinking about the game, whereas Justin Herbert is, you know, you don't hear much from him. You know, it's it's a bit more laissez-faire with things. He's and look, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. Um, Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. Absolutely, most definitely, and and that might come down to it too, coaching, and because mm. the the culture of the team, you know, it's from the coach down. So maybe we'll see a a shift in direction with a different coach. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I have concerns. I've I've i generally I think I've voiced them a few times. My concerns about the Chargers as an organization, given the talent they've had at their disposal. Uh, I just would fear maybe it's not a great fit maybe it is coaching but if he continues to struggle to get the job done now imagine what he will be like when he he's still on his rookie contract as far as I'm aware so it's a man who needs to get paid uh, look maybe yeah this year it'll end differently with uh, Kellen Moore as his OC uh, it's just it's so maybe. chargers for Kellen Moore to, to be criticised while in Dallas for not running the ball. And then in his first game with the Chargers, he's getting great success running with Austin Eckler. And then on the last drive, he he reverts to passing. And that's where they go three and out and, and lo- loses the game. It's it's so Charger. Chargers. Mm. So Charger. Yeah. We'll have to see. I I hope he doesn't fall into that territory because he is entertaining to watch. I have a follow-up question. All right. Are you listening, Keith? <laughs> um. Okay, we're gonna look at um, what might be the third case study of blowouts, where the Packers absolutely dominated the the bears um i think uh it was a blow of confidence for many people for justin fields i think we saw his his running prowess again on display but the passing was um what what was the final score on that one i think it was 40 18 um 38 20 38 20 you're right um, but um, my question is whether the Packers could challenge the Lions for the NFC North title because I don't think you were you would have entered that discussion prior to the season but has this game moved the needle for you on the Packers Jordan Love looked good uh, Jordan Love looked good um, Aaron Jones looked class. Yeah, the Bears, however, looked brutal. Um, and it's difficult for me to say this because I have been very high on them, and I have a, I've since talked with a soft spot for the Bears organization. But I am less convinced about Justin Fields as I thought I was. Um, it just doesn't seem to be developing. Um, which he he kind of is. Uh, this is a crucial season for him. He's kind of in the place where Lamar was before he had that kind of breakout season. Like people are like, look, I know it's memes and stuff on the internet, whatever. But it's like, oh, Justin Fields is a running back. But it's very hard to to shake that unless he starts putting up significant throwing numbers. And I think they've invested invested in air quotes in wide receivers I am a fan of more I'm less of a fan of Chase Claypool oh, Chase Claypool single handedly he has too good painting my opinion of the Bears he, he he has good tight ends though in uh, Clement and uh, he's Robert Tunyon as well isn't he from the Packers uh, that's right I think yeah so 
so there is enough pieces to get the job done. They're probably shy of a significant run run game, um, which you struggle to see them looking to invest when he has that capability. But look, this is this is a Packers point, so I'm gonna get off the Bears. Um, I think the Packers can challenge because I think there's still enough cultural pieces in the organization that have been there done that before you look at uh, David Bakhtiari pieces like that I think Matt LaFleur is I'm I'm a fan of his coaching style I think they did that to the Bears without Watson who is kind of their star receiver at present um, debatable as to whether he's a star in the league but he's the star for the Packers organization so I think yeah they could upset a few be interesting to see how uh, Jordan Love goes, but obviously they've seen something over the last three years to move off the bar. Yeah, um, I think we'll need to see a bit more of the Lions because, and I don't know what trigger any Lions fans here, but I think if we saw Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones play in that game, there probably would have been a different outcome, and the the Chiefs, you know would have had a, a, a very good chance to win that game. I mean, if you subbed out Kadarius Tony for Travis Kelsey. Um, <laughs> so I'd like to see a few more weeks. You know, it, it will take a few more weeks for me to make up my mind as to who I think will win that division. At the moment, Fair. it's the Lions. Obviously, they just bumped off the Chiefs, you know, regardless of who was playing. They could only play who was on the field, and they did, and they won. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah. Packers, I think... I'm glad I I had confidence in them prior to the week one commencing, and because it's you know it's been realised, it's come true. They do look good, so we'll see how they hold up. Again, it's week one. <laughs> this could be the anomaly, so we'll wait and see. If you're a Packers fan, fan, you probably just wanted to listen to these two points, and then you can dip. Um, so my final point for the evening is obviously following the devastating injury to Rodgers on Monday night horrific scenes I think four plays um, I don't even think he made a completion Um, full Achilles rupture so he's gone for the season just what is the Jets ceiling and floor it's uh, look I'm just before before I move on to that point I'm no lover of Rodgers off the field on the field it's undeniable but i'm i'm no big fan of rogers um but there's no denying that this is awful for him and for the jets on week one i think only a couple of days ago he's this is your invitation to a master class in engineering and design your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the lexus performance line a feeling this dynamic is invite only fortunately you're invited Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. That he envisaged playing until 45 years old, similar to Tom Brady. And now this happens, and just that's all thrown up in the air. You don't know what's going to happen. So, first off, awful. Um... What is their ceiling and floor? I don't know. The defense is still decent. It gave Josh Allen fits. Zach Wilson didn't look atrocious. He looked... But he will. Look, he very well may. Um, He probably obviously doesn't need to be amazing for the... The Jets nearly got into the playoffs last year with um, Zach Wilson at the helm. Uh, now whether it was more Mike White though was it well Mike White they certainly formed a, a bit of a tag team but you know we, we've yet to see whether there is um, there was any growth to Zach Wilson under Aaron Rodgers their floor is last in division their ceiling I had Miami winning the division um, you know this weekend has reinforced that opinion of mine and obviously that always pivoted on onto his health. Um, but I think the Miami Dolphins are the best team, followed by the Bills. 
and the Patriots, I thought, were very impressive this this weekend as well. On one side of the ball, to be fair, but um, no, well, no, I, I would say on, on both strong. sides of the ball. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I take that back. I at the moment you have to consign them to to last in the division, given that awful, um, devastating development on on the quarterback at the quarterback position. I struggle to see a ceiling higher than third in division. Um, it's it was already a very competitive I, division. I don't want to overreact again to week one, but I would have concerns about the Bills in that situation. Um, not just the fact that they lost to the Jets, but. When an injury like that happens, your new quarterback, like that is devastating for a organization and the players in the field. And this sounds unsportsmanlike, but I would want, if it, if it was Philadelphia in that situation, I would want them to, to step on the throat of the Jets. And the Bills mm. actually, yeah, like it was putrid performance. We're seeing, um, the lows of Josh Allen rearing their head, like just not good. Um, I I can't explain it. You know, besides Stefan Diggs, the offense doesn't look great. Like James Cook, I don't think he looks phenomenal. He's so small. Like he had a couple of nice runs, but you know, he's to me, he's no, you know running back one in the league um obviously gabriel davis always makes comes up good for a, a, a couple of long receptions but they're in trouble if I, if alan can't elevate everybody because i don't think everybody around him is yeah. good enough to drag him and then just to very briefly touch on the patriots i underestimated how much of a difference bill o'brien could make to the patriots um um Offense, if you, you you might have seen that stat going around that the three um, fastest pass pass rush win rate in the on for interior defensive lines, all three players were on the Eagles. It was Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, and Milton Williams. Um, and even still, there was two sacks. The Eagles sacked Mac Jones twice, and it was at the very end of the game. You know he was getting the ball out in pretty routinely under two and a half seconds. Um, I thought it was very impressive. I think the defense looks good. You know that'll give them a, a low, uh, mm. a high floor. Keon White drafted in the second round by the Patriots looks unbelievable. Um, so you know my that that game really moved, and I'm not trying to say it to sort of cope. Uh, and and, yeah. and reconcile myself that the Eagles nearly lost to them. I actually just do think they looked really well and probably deserved to win that game. Um, so that's that's my take. I think that Jets. Yeah, on, this is obviously the worst case scenario that could have happened for it to happen four mm -hmm. snaps into their season. Fair. Um, I know I. Actually, forgot I did this. That I, I, you know, I, I picked a talking point about the Packers and their chances in the NFC North. I actually forgot when I chose my fourth point on talking about our own Danny Whelan, Dan Daniel Whelan, that he that he was a Packer. But um, and this is going to be a very short segment because punting isn't sexy. Um, and you don't worry about it until it's a problem, as Eagle ah, fans know. Um, but we're just going to have a look at uh, Daniel Whelan and how he sort of fared up against the league's punters. Pretty solid, pretty solid week one, uh, depending on where you look. If you look at PFF, they have him 17th in the punters' ranking, which is, you know, fine. Bang average, nearly. Um, but if you look at the league, average punt uh, is 46.9 yards. And Whelan's is 49.8. So he's a couple of yards over average. Um, if you want to look at net average, he is he's a little bit below 
I think the net average, so this is obviously taken into account returns by the receiving team, that he's actually below, but it's, it's so many factors go into that, you know, hang time off the punt, as well as just blocking and coverage off the the specials the special teams you know whether penalty holding penalties are committed um so look as i said punting it's not a you know it's not the most um vein popping part of the sport uh, i'm definitely going to be sort of looking at it more as the season goes on but you know taking into account everything it's not a bad week one for you know this this kids this kid's first week in the league. Um, and we're, oh, Danny we're, we're cheering you on, Danny. The punts, the punts are coming. Keep it up. I'm going to give you a look. It's, it's a bit... Um, it's very volatile. If you look last year, Ryan Stonehouse was one of the best punters for the Titans. And this year, well, obviously this week, he's pretty low in, in every punting stats so it's it's very volatile pretty decent week for um daniel whelan so we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him as it goes on we're not going to talk about him every week maybe every no every four to five checking weeks, at the end yeah, of every, every quarter month. yeah not many quarters in the nfl season um yeah i suppose so Finally, we're just going to move on to the week two previews. We keep them nice, short, sweet, and mm. uh, just kind of flag when games are on and stuff like that. So, first game of the weekend is Thursday Night Football. It's on Amazon. Kickoff Irish Times about one fifteen, and it is the Eagles at home to the Vikings. Not too much to report on the injury window. A few questionable players, as is kind of the case now the vikings in terms of question i go through question players because there's a players that, that may or may not play and if they're involved in any way shape or form in your fantasy it's worth keeping an eye on so um for the vikings uh darisaw and davenport and for the eagles obviously quite few well-known names so kenny gamewell fletcher cox bradbury and uh rodrigo blakenship so bradbury is his head so he's probably going to miss on concussion protocols and stuff like that. But prediction for me is a biased Eagles win, given what both teams served up last season and week one. Uh, the Eagles are six and a half point favourites, and that boggles my mind. Um, I think the Eagles... Sh- a bit disrespectful. The Eagles should win. You know, they've got a great interior pass rush, and the, the Vikings are hurting there. I just fear... Them getting the ball out to Hawkinson and getting diced up that way. I think the Eagles will win, but I'd take the Vikings in the points there. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Packers looking to to put up again against the Atlanta Falcons. So two one and teams looking to to repeat their week one success. The Packers are road favorites, point and a half. Um, I think I'd I think I'd side with the Packers here. I think they looked a little bit more stable. Ritter wasn't, you know, he's nothing to write home about. You know, the Jesse Bates really took advantage of Bryce Young. Um, but uh, you know, it's a different animal with Jordan Love. You know, he's not a rookie. He's he's had experience under Rodgers and he's had starting experience before last week. Um, I'm gonna side with the Packers here. Um. Yeah, I I I kind of join you on that one. Um. Next up in the early slate, it is the Raiders making the trip to Buffalo. Uh, interesting game. Raiders had glimpses. They looked all right. A lot of people didn't know what the Broncos were, so it was difficult to kind of practice for that. But the tight game in the end. Wouldn't be overly gone on Jimmy G's performance. Um, I thought he, in bits, he looked serviceable. Um, but there's certainly a lot of places to, a, a lot of room for improvement, shall we just say. Someone who did look kind of worryingly 
slow for me was Josh Jacobs, who obviously rushed 19 times for just 48 mm. yards against the Broncos. But uh, if I had to make a prediction, I would probably go Bills in Buffalo. Yeah, they're nearly 10-point favourites. Um, so, yeah, with them on the money line, but plus 9.5, I'd, I'd say week one Monday that's not who the Bills are they will come out looking better but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know just a bit too inconsistent from Josh Allen to trust that he's you know is you know MP MVP contender self so I'm going to take the Raiders plus nine and a half points there and um, the next fixture is the Baltimore Ravens who are traveling to Jerry Burrow and the Bengals um, the Bengals are three and a half point favorites at home. A uh, bit of a tough one, I suppose. Obviously, injury for the Ravens is J.K. Dobbins. I think it's an Achilles, so he's gone yeah, for the yeah. season. I think they suffered another injury that's just escaping my head at the moment. Um. <coughs> Three and a half points. Yeah, key 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 one for them is someone who was a late withdrawal last weekend. It was Mark Andrews? Um, yes. Isaiah Luckley filled in his replacement. Um, didn't offer much. I think he'd one catch, maybe four or five yards. Mark Andrews is again questionable. I think they will start him. I think he could have started against the Texans. They opted to rest him. Um, he could could be. Big man to watch out for in this fixture. Yeah, look, to be honest, I think that the the Ravens, you know, they were expected to dominate the Texans and probably didn't to the extent that a lot of people thought they would. I think this is sort of like the week one for the Ravens where they pull out all the stops. I think last week for them was a mm. sort of a gimme and it ended up being that. Um, mm. So I think the Ravens' momentum carrying into this game will outweigh the Bengals. You know, we've got to regroup here. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have predicted the Bengals going zero and two to start the season, but I think I am now. Fair. Um, yeah, I, I'm not against the Bengals. They they started slow last year too, as well. They did. Um, they did. Moving on, it is. Last year's darling child making the trip to what looks to be this year's darling child with the Seahawks versus the Lions. I don't know about that. I think the Lions are going on a bit of a villain arc. Oh, I think villain arcs are are less popular than you may believe. Um, yeah, I mean, it was week one. It was opening night football, which also has a habit of throwing out a random game, random result. But I liked what I seen from the Lions, and I'm gonna back them against the Seahawks. Uh, I think it could be this could be a sneaky lock for game of the round, though. Um, well, the Lions are favourite, but I do probably agree that it's a sneaky lock because I think both starting tackles. I don't know what their status is for Sunday, but they both left the game with injuries. Um, and obviously the that's that was factored into my decision for the sneaky lock. Of course, um, yeah. I think here it's it the yeah. As I said, five and a half point favorites to the Lions at home. Uh, it it's it's looking less and less likely. Obviously, Geno Smith sort of his play tapered off towards the end of last year, and obviously didn't get back to that on week one. There's still time. There's still time. But um, obviously, with every week that he doesn't get back to his comeback player form it it just you know the prospect of of him returning to that sort of level of play is is getting foggier so i'm gonna side with you gonna take your luck of the week Mm. um gonna switch on over to the colts traveling to the texans intra-divisional matchup um (laughs) the colts are one point road favorites i think last week week's scoreline is a bit flattering for the Colts because obviously they scored on that weird 
uh, play where <laughs> it looked like and all the Jaguars seemed to think it was an incompletion that bounced into one of their receivers' hands and Zaire Franklin didn't agree. He thought it was a fumble, punched it out of the, the Jaguars' hand and DeForest Buckner picked it up and scored uncontested. Uh, their defense yeah. made some nice plays, but ultimately they're not as good a team as that scoreline made them out to be. Uh, however, must be said, Anthony Richardson looks like in a couple of years, if he if he progresses, he could be something. I would also like to pose the the concept of the Texans were much improved. I know they were beaten comfortably with the yeah. Ravens. I think if you said to me three weeks ago, you're going to look at the week two fixtures and you're going to think the Colts and Texans is, is worth a watch. I would have told you you're deluded. And it very much is so now. So, um, but I'm back on the Colts in this I week. One point... Um, well, again, one thing to note is something Anthony Richardson will have to learn if he wants to progress and have a career is not to... Excuse my French, but... Um, flipping getting himself fucking destroyed. <laughs> because he's, he's just plowing into contact and he's going to banjax his body um obviously monitor his status for the game i think it, it's only a point and the colts are favored as i said so i'm assuming that indicates that he's going to play in which case i would take the colts yeah but that would flip you know cj yeah. stroud nothing flashy but i did like his moxie as i said to you some of his throws were um <laughs> certainly pff would call them uh turnover worthy I'd call them fucking mad as a bag of spiders, but um, it could be a good game. It could be decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like your maxi kid. Um, next game, look, it, this is a game many people would have maybe circled as a potential AFC Championship matchup going into the yeah the the start of the season. Both sides, for different reasons, maybe didn't put on the performance they expected. Um, the Jags probably would have preferred to put the Colts to the, the sword easier and quicker. And obviously, the Chiefs lost. But look, the Chiefs are what we know the Chiefs are. I would not worry about any of those drop balls by Mr. Tony. Um, people seem to forget that he was arguably, he arguably turned the Super Bowl on his head with kind of two significant Yeah, players. it took um, a so historically he, bad performance and no Travis Kelsey for them to lose by one point. I think they'll be just fine. I think this is going to be a great game. Um, I will back the Chiefs for the simple fact that they have lost an open night. I think Andy Reid will be fuming. Plus, he's the the extra day having played on Thursday night to prepare. Uh, so yeah, yeah, the the Chiefs are three and a half point road favorites. Uh, assuming Travis Kelsey is back. And with hamstrings, it's worth monitoring because they can be tricky to recover fully from. So if, even if he is back, he might necessarily be the Travis Kelsey we all know and love. But I'm um, going to have to side with the with Big Red and the Chiefs here. Yeah. The next um, next fi- fixture, I think you've, you've probably coordinated this specifically because you're making me and long-time listener Keith and enemies here because I'm just slating Justin Fields every week. Um, but the Bears are travelling to Tampa. They are two-and-a-half-point road underdogs. Um, until I see, you know, really decent, consistent play from Justin Fields, I'm going to have to side with the, you know, the good defence of the books here. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is a sort of he's somebody with like a a low floor and a low ceiling, but I think he might be all he needs to do is really game manage. He doesn't even need anything really flashy to Yeah, just avoid losing games basically is yes, all we yeah. really need from Baker. He's gonna Tampa. eke out wins on the back of his defence and I think think i'm gonna have to side with the the books here um i am but i don't think this is a 
a blower or anything. I think this plays a close game. I think this plays like a 2017. Yeah, I, I think um, a clunky. I think I would take the Bears plus two and a half because I think yeah, I think we'll get a, a big Justin Fields touchdown again to make the scoreline yeah. a bit more flattering. Sorry, Keith. Sorry, Keith. Uh, yeah, next up, a side that look didn't perform Arbonne against a side that bore the pants off me very much uh, very much on me um, the Chargers make the trip to Nashville to place off against the Titans um, Tannehill looked old and he looked old quick uh, I think there's an opportunity here from the Chargers to bounce back and kind of right so many wrongs to bear in mind they did, they did throw an awful lot of points against the Dolphins and I could be the were a few more clever plays away from from being victorious, um. But I would say, yeah, charges for me in this one. Titans, I think, have a bit of work to do. Yeah, um, Titans O line looks pretty bad. Tannehill looked pretty bad, so I agree. I'm gonna stick with the um, the Chargers here. Um, Giants looking to rebound against the Cardinals. Probably the one team they choose to try and rebound against. Um, but the Cardinals' defense looked pretty decent against Washington. Um, and again, I'm I'm pretty much not taking into account Giants' week one, so I don't know what to expect from them going into this game. Uh, I. Still don't really rate Jonathan Gannon, um, and the Giants are five and a half point favorites on the road here. I think I would take the Giants to win, um, but I'll take the five and a half points from the Cardinals. I think they um, think they could at least keep it close. Fair. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. Um, moving on. This game is a lot more interesting than it looked last yes, week. Um, we know what the, the Niners are. They look fantastic. But the, the Rams really impressed me. Um, I think Stafford looked back to his... Kind of how he looked in the Super Bowl year. Um, I'm not going to say best quarterback in the league or anything like that, but he looked good. There's some nice pieces there. And Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Um yeah, I think this 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 <laughs> I've said it a few times. There's, there's a lot of games that are a lot better than I would have thought kind of two weeks ago. So I'm gonna maybe go 49ers, but I'm not. I don't want to overreact to week one, but I'm not surprised at present if uh, the Rams shock a few people here. Yeah, I'll keep it short. I think the 49ers are a good team. I don't think they'll win every week by, mm, what, you know, by double digit, two or three touchdown leads. Um, but I do think they'll win here. Uh, eight point favorites on the road. I'll definitely take the Rams plus eight points, though. I think. I think when Cooper Cup comes back, they could be really good. Mm. Um. Next game, Jets at the Cowboys. Cowboys fans are probably delighted they're not going to see Aaron Rodgers. He's always sort of portended poor results for them. Um, obviously, been a boogie yeah, man. Obviously, that freaky accident or incident um, with Aaron Rodgers is reflected in the point spread. Nine and a half point favorites. Dallas are impossible to um, to take the Jets here it's it has to be the Cowboys yeah enough said to be honest it absolutely has to be yeah leave it there um, next up I think this is a game you can miss uh, I've seen some things in the, by the Broncos I liked but ultimately they're very much a work in progress I think what we've seen in week one was yes there's some nice pieces there from um, on defence I think Sean Payton can coach, but I think there's bigger problems that he needs to circumvent and get that offense firing. Uh, the commanders look brutal in, like, Sam Howell is just not it. Terry McAlorm, I wonder, is he... Chase Young is questionable, which is good to see. 
Um, but yeah, I think maybe the commanders in this one. But I mean, if you have to miss a game this weekend, it will be one I would slide. Yeah, obviously, if you're watching Red Zone, you you'll have the pleasure of having this force fed into you. Uh, Broncos are three and a half yeah. point favorites. Uh, I don't I don't particularly get that. I I think I'll go with Washington plus three and a half points, even though the Broncos probably will win. Um, yeah. the, um, the late game on Sunday is the Dolphins at the Patriots. Dolphins are two and a half point road favorites. Um, I think like the the the, the Dolphins' offense was so overpowering. I think like I think the Chargers have a good defense. They're not coached by Bill Belichick, but they're a good defense. I think I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins here. Um, Money line, obviously, and minus two and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going Fins, and I'm going Fins in a bit of a blowout um, on that one. Um, and then, look, strange enough, we have two Monday night game, football games this weekend. Um, not sure why. But yeah. I have the Saints and the Panthers at twelve fifteen Tuesday morning Irish time. The Saints, we we were kind of maybe a bit higher than we probably should have been on them uh, in the previews. Judging by week one, anyway. Look, I think it can improve. Uh, Derek Carr in patches. I mean, you were messaging me. You were saying he looks good. Um, and he did in patches, but look, maybe he's going to need a bit more time than we thought to bet into that New Orleans system. The Panthers, uh, look, it's very much uh, a work in progress. I don't think they're going to get the production out of Miles Sanders than maybe thought they they are, which I don't want to. I kind of have been a fan of Miles, but evidence is the evidence. Uh, Bryce Young had his moments, uh, very much an up and down pro debut. Um, he completed twenty of thirty eight pass attempts with a touchdown, but he also had two interceptions. On on um, virtually the same. Seventeen play. yards on the ground. Yeah, seventeen yards on the ground as well on three carries, which is not it's not predictable. He had look, he's had rookie struggles. I think there's a lot of scope for optimism there in Carolina. I don't think he looks like a dumpster fire. This game is a divisional game. It's going to be tricky. I'm going to back the Saints, but part of me wants to back the Panthers in an upset. Um. Yeah, I, I, I guess I know where you're coming from. I think the O line for both of these teams is a bit suspect. I think Trevor Penning for the Saints, that left tackle they drafted uh, last year, just he looks to be a problem. Um. I'm going to go with the Saints. I do think they have some some star players. I think Derek Carr did look poor, but can get it together. I like the receivers on the Saints. I like Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. Raheed Shahid is pretty underrated, I think. So I'll stick with Nola. Our last game of the week is the Cleveland Browns traveling to Pittsburgh. The Browns are two and a half point road favorites. Um, um, I think if this is a tough one again, I think that spread is a there's a bit of a, an overreaction to the Steelers being blown out there. I do think they are you know still a good team, but but again they are facing a pretty dominant pass rush from Miles Garrett and the Browns. Um, I think we'll see the Steelers walk away with a win here, and obviously I'll take the points then. Fair. Um, so as you said, the Steelers walk. That's away right. With okay, I'm going Browns. Browns, and I'm going for a, a slower, improved. Um, Deshaun Watson 
Um, but yeah, look, that is the week two. And wraps us up. That is episode two point six. We thank you very much for listening. Um, and look, it's it's good to be back. I think is the take home message from the show. So yeah, that's all from me. And that's all from me. Thank you, and good night. Exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play.